following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When we expend negative energy towards others and the world around us, we push ourselves further away from our own success. Welcome to Wealthy Thoughts with your host, Richard Levy. Our show provides a positive blueprint to what you could be doing in order to bring more success to your life. Now, here is Richard Levy. Greeting, dear friends in the United States and all around the world. This is Richard Levy in Chicago, the Windy City, and you are listening to Wealthy Thoughts. We'll spend the next hour talking about the thoughts you need to think and action you need to take to attract success, abundance, and wealth. Speaking of wealth, dear friends, we just held on Saturday our latest Think Like a Millionaire seminar in Chicago. We created so much good energy that I see good things and big changes coming to every man and woman who attended. We even had the pleasure of a 14-year-old young man there who contributed to the positive energy of the group and of the day. And because of the holiday season, dear friends, I will continue to offer this seminar rate for purchases of books and videos and CDs until December 31st. One copy of my book, Thoughts Make You Wealthy, or a CD or a DVD, $15. Any combination of the two products, $25. And any combination of the three products, $40. Please go to our website at thoughtsmakeyouwealthy.com. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk to a very successful author, motivational speaker, and goal achievement expert. Mr. David Roussel. David is the best at teaching people how to identify and reach their destiny. After you hear David Roussel talk today on Wealthy Thoughts, you'll be ready to follow your passion and prosper yourself beyond your farthest imagination. How can the youngest child of nine children who was brought up by a single mother on welfare in Los Angeles, become an energized, positive, loving success? You're going to find out with me, ladies and gentlemen, the answer to that question. Let's now meet David Roussel. Hi, David, and welcome to Wealthy Thoughts. Hey, Richard. How you doing, buddy? Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I love that dynamic energy I feel coming out of your voice, and I hope everybody in the U.S. around the world feels that today, David. David, you motivate people to find their passion. Those who choose to follow through on their passion become wealthy and successful. And if I may quote you, love what you do, but more importantly, 
do what you love. Nothing in life is more important than pursuing and living your dream. Having a dream is the essence of living and it's only when you are chasing your dream that you're truly living. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back in a few minutes to those profound and meaningful words and let David discuss them. But first, join me in getting to know David Roussel. David, would you tell us where you grew up and who raised you, please? Sure. I was born and raised in South Central Los Angeles, the, uh, the youngest of nine children in a single-parent home. Uh, and it's the very same South Central Los Angeles that people see, uh, you know, uh, promoted uh, every day on, on television. It, it was no different. It was just as um, frustrating and, and everything as you see on TV. Um, I grew up there, uh, graduated high school in 1986 in South Central Los Angeles in a single-parent home, um, and, and really just, 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 just decided early on, very early on, that that was not the way that I thought that life was supposed to be. And it was very clear to me early on that there was something else inside of me that was sort of telling me, you know, this is not, it's a reality, but it, it's, it's not the reality that, that life is supposed to be. And I just made a decision very early on, and, I, and I, I really have to thank God, because I'm sure that he planted that seed inside of me, but just thank God that he put a different type of vision in me that I started actually pursuing very early on, and it was clear to me that, you know, once I turned 18 years old and I graduated high school, and then I was in charge of my life, and it was up to me to decide what kind of life I wanted to live and, and, and what kind of direction my, my life was going to take. So, um, yeah, I grew up in a single-parent home, and it was on welfare. And I, we were probably the poorest of the poor uh, in South Central Los Angeles. You know, I reflect back now and think about a lot of people who were saying that they were poor or whatever, you know, and they're destitute, but then, you, you know, you meet them, and they lived in homes or whatever. We, we, that wasn't reality. You know, we lived in these little cheap rent motels that you see around inner cities. And every, every now and then, you know, People would drive past them, but they really just drive past and don't realize they are actually people that actually live in those motels, those run-down, shabby motels, and we lived in there. And it was just something about it early. I remember being 14 or 15 years old and just saying, you know, this is just not right, and just always telling myself, once I get 18 and once I graduate high school, I am on my own, and it is up to me to determine what type of lifestyle I'm going to live. So that's basically my reality. Never have met my father uh, didn't have a whole lot of male influence in my life, but uh, was just extremely blessed to have my mind, you know, in, going in the right direction and my head on straight. So, What a story. And for the audience out there that may have grown up in a similar background, your mom raised you and your mother was on welfare. And you mentioned that, correct? Yes, that's true. Okay, so your childhood wasn't so happy, wasn't so prosperous, uh, because at a young age, David, you were mature enough to see how life was supposed to be, and you were somewhat frustrated by not being in control of your destiny. Is that correct? That's, that's extremely, that's, that's just perfect, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, in that you grew up on welfare up until 18, were you very far from the wealth, from the prosperity of the Hollywood stars or the immensely professional, successful athletes? You know, and, that, and that's, what, that's what the interesting part is. When you're in Los Angeles, it's not a whole lot of geographical distance between tremendous wealth 
in, in extreme poverty. And I lived in an area of Los Angeles that wasn't far from an area called Windsor Hills and Ladera Heights. And I remember distinctly, I don't even know if you remember uh, a, a basketball player by the name of Norm Nixon. He was a point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. And he lived in Windsor Hills just years ago, which was all of about a 15-minute to 20-minute walk from where I live. So I could walk 20 minutes and be in a professional athlete's neighborhood and then walk back 20 minutes and just be in extreme poverty in my neighborhood. And that's just how, you know, when you, when you process that as a kid from a psychological point of view, you realize, you know, there's, there's not, from a geographical point of view, there's not a whole lot of distance here. And you get to see it up close and personal and say, wow, you know, I would like to have that someday. But, you know, if it's far removed, you never see it up close and personal. You may see it on TV, but you never see it up close and personal, so you don't get a real feel for it. So it was right there. You know, I mean, I could I could travel 30 minutes and and be up in Beverly Hills or, or something like that, you know, 30, 35 minutes and be up in Beverly Hills and just see how life was supposed to be and then come back home and see how life was. So what? Well, that is that just gives me goosebumps. Ladies and gentlemen, you follow that David and his mother were living in these rundown motels. He could walk 15, 20 minutes and reach prosperity, the wealth of Los Angeles, the sports stars, the Hollywood stars. David, what did you think? How did you feel? What was going inside of you when you saw in your high school the children of Hollywood movie stars or you saw the large homes in the States? What went on inside of you? Well, it just it just reminded me that there was something else possible. You know, like I said, I went to school at a, a high school called Westchester High School in Los Angeles. And a lot of those kids that I, I got bused there, and a lot of the kids that I went to school with, you know, their parents were considered somewhat successful in life. Now, these weren't movie stars. And some of, you know, some of them uh, were movie stars or whatever, but a lot of them were teachers and doctors and judges and lawyers and all this type of thing. And what I would do is sometimes because we were friends, you know, we, we went to school together. Sometimes on the weekends I would go over their house or whatever and I'd say, you know, wow, you know, what do you, you know, what do your parents do? And they would say, well, my father's a lawyer, or, you know, or my mom's, you know, my, my mother's a principal or something like that. So it became clear to me the only distinctions between my life and the way that me and my family were living and their life was that their parents had gone to college, you know, or something like that or had pursued a career, and the only difference, and don't get me wrong, you know, I love my mother dearly, but the only difference was that she hadn't done those things, which had, you know, severely affected how we live. And I would just go, you know, I would go over, the, go over their house on the weekend sometime and just live and say, you know, it's just that easy. It's just about making that decision that, you know, hey, I choose to do something different, and they pursued it. They actually pursued it instead of just thinking about it. And th- these were the things that had manifested in their lives. They lived in great homes and great neighborhoods that were safe, you know, that were prosperous and all these other types. And I remember as a kid looking at that and saying, you know, I can make that decision to pursue degrees you know, and go after these things and, and have to live a great life just like they did. You know, their parents were human just like, you know, just like I was. And it wasn't about race or anything like that because a lot of those people, you know, were, were African-American and they just, they lived very well. So, you know, it wasn't about a race thing. It wasn't about ethnicity or anything like that. It wasn't about color or anything like that. These Some of those people were African-American just like I was, you know, so I could look at their lives and say, hey, you know, you can live an excellent life. It's really not about color. It's not about ethnicity. It's not about any of those things. So Okay. So you saw these people, they were educated. They began to follow their passion. The, the light 
was uh, ignited within, within you, the motivation. You attended college. How did you afford the education, David? Well, what I did was, and because I didn't come from a prominent family, and, and, and this is a good thing about the United States of America, there is a way if you choose to pursue it. All you have to do is just look for the way, do the research, and then take the steps. Right after I graduated high school, I joined the United States Air Force, and I served in the United States Air Force, and I was able to pursue a degree. I ended up being stationed at Moody Field in Valdosta, Georgia, mm -hmm. and I was able to pursue an undergraduate degree at Valdosta State University in Valdosta, Georgia, where I earned a Bachelor of Arts degree, and actually later Later, uh, earned a master's degree at Columbus State University, but it was just through um, the, the process that's available to anybody in the United States of America. You know, and some people say, "Well, I don't necessarily want to take that path." Well, it really just depends on if you truly want what you say you want. You won't, any, you won't, you won't allow anything to stand in your way. You know, you'll take the path that's available. It may not be the funnest or what you like, but you make a way to to make the things happen that you'd like to happen in your life. So I joined the United States Air Force and uh, went to uh, Moody Field in Valdosta, Georgia, and went to Valdosta State University and got a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science. And that was the, that was the, the, the beginning steps of where I began to separate myself from the life that I had as a kid. So Amazing story. I, am, I, fa I compliment you and I admire you and I salute you, and so does your audience. David, something, ladies and gentlemen, divine intervention, intervention, whatever you want to call it, was, had blessed David to want more. He went to college. He paid for it. He came from a family of welfare. They couldn't afford it. And then David discovered he has what he calls the gift to gap. He discovered his passion in speaking and his destiny was discovered. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about our blessed, wonderful, outstanding speaker. And I want you to listen carefully to what David says in his speeches. He's going to give you a sample of several topics that he discusses when he is sent all around the United States to motivate people to find their destiny. I can't wait. Stay with us. I'm Richard Levy with our dear friend, David Roussel. And you're listening to Wealthy Thoughts on the Empowerment Channel at Voice America. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, dear friends. I'm Richard Levy with our dear friend, David Roussel. And you are welcome to call us in at one 346 9141 or email me at wealthythoughts at gmail.com if you have a question for David. David grew up in poverty on welfare in Los Angeles, and he discovered his passion for life, for success, and for speaking as he compared his life just 20 minutes away, 30 minutes away from Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive. So, David, you discovered you have a gift to speak, and you found your destiny, and that's what you uh, end up talking about as you travel around the U.S. In fact, you recently gave a speech, and somebody in the audience gave you a big compliment. The gentleman or the lady said to you, this is not gimmicky. This is no, this is, there's no games in what you talk about. You love formulating an idea and communicating to an audience. How did they say that and how did you feel about that when you got that compliment? Well, it, it was a huge, huge blessing because I really had to plot to process what that gentleman was saying. And what happened was right after I, I, I finished speaking, a, a gentleman with the, and I won't go into the company's name or anything like that, but he walked up and shook my hand afterwards and he said, I, he just said a few words. He just said, I enjoyed it. It wasn't gimmicky. And, and, and I really had to think about that, what he was saying, you know, later on, because essentially what he was saying was, Basically, I guess uh, what, what people have gotten to expect from motivational speakers and people who are in the self-help industry, some of them, not everybody, because a lot of people are sincere in this industry. But what he was essentially saying was, you know, this wasn't gamesmanship, this wasn't a mind game, this wasn't trickery, this wasn't gimmicky or anything like that. It was good old-fashioned common sense presented in a way that I could swallow it. You know, it wasn't trying to pull the wool over my eyes. I mean, and, and I have never forgotten that, and that has sort of been my marching cry from the beginning. I have never wanted to play games. Because, you know, you're talking about people's lives. You know, mm-hmm. and if it's just about you going and standing up at the podium or standing mm-hmm. before an audience and trying to be gimmicky and trying to, you know, people are not dumb by any stretch of the imagination. People are they're pretty not smart. Fit. No, they're not dumb. And I want to salute you and I honor you with this circumference from the CEO of this company will remain nameless. But I, I add the congratulations. Our audience, David is so excited to hear you talk about some of the topics you discuss. You have many topics that people will hire you to discuss as you travel around the U.S. Let's talk about a few of them, if you would. One of them is five steps to living the life of your dreams. Wow, that's exciting. Could you tell us about that, please? Right. Well, well what, 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 what my thing is, I have always been extremely excited by high achievers. I mean, what would be considered your outliers, you know, your Michael Jordans, you know, your Oprah Winfrey's, your Bruce Lee's, your Lance, Lance Armstrong's, your Pablo Picasso's, all of these guys. And so mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time researching them, not just researching them, you know, their accomplishments and what they do, but also sort of the, psycho- the psychology behind what sort of pushes them. And it's my contention and my belief that there are five core 
core mindsets that all of these people live by. And if you really, if you look at either one of their lives, whether it be Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Bruce Lee, whoever, you will see these five core mindsets over and over and over and over again. You know, and, and it is just amazing. Well, I, I, if I watch an interview with one of these people, whether it be on YouTube or online or anywhere, I see these mindsets time and time again, and it is just amazing that that those mindsets are there, and it is just a simple, it's just a such, such a simple idea. So, uh, can you give us a little sample without giving away the thunder of your speech? A, a few of the steps to live in the life of your dreams. Right, right. Well, well, one of the things, and and and, 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 and another thing with me is that I think that one of the problems that we have, and, and and I certainly understand, you know, in the in defense of those hardworking men and women in the United States who are trying to make their lives better. You know, in, in defense of them, I certainly understand that. But one of the things that, one of the biggest problems we have is that we, sometimes we can allow ourselves to become too content. You know, and that would certainly be understandable because we work so hard in the United States. Of, I mean, we have the hardest working people in the world. Americans are by nature extremely hard working people. So we work so hard and we achieve some things. And then it's almost like we need to take a, a deep breath like, whew. You know, I work so hard just to achieve anything at all. I'm just happy to get there. But one of the things I've noticed about those high achievers is that they don't even know what the, the theory or philosophy of contentment is. It is not part of the vocabulary. It's not part of how they think of who they are. And I go back to an interview that I saw Michael Jackson give a few years back, and I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was a gentleman named Martin Brashear. I'm not for sure. But I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was interviewing Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson made, was making a point that, you know, he said, you will never see awards up in my house. You won't see the Grammys. You know, you won't see all of the awards that I've won. He said, because I never want to feel like I've arrived. Now, keep in mind, this is Michael Jackson. If there's anybody who has been tremendously successful, the late, successful, the late Michael Jackson would be the personification of that. But here he is presenting his psychological approach to things that I never want to feel like I've arrived or I've achieved. And that is, that is something that propels, if you think like that, it is going to constantly propel you forward to constantly be trying to achieve something else. So number one is that they're absolutely never content. You know, I think about somebody like uh, uh, Miss Oprah Winfrey. After 25 years of a successful talk show, why does she turn around and and, and, and jump into the jump out of the pot and into the fire and, and start her own network because mm-hmm. she's constantly want to to test herself and challenge herself and propel herself forward and that's what pro- produces that level of success you know uh, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing here but Bruce Lee once said there are no 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 le- I'm losing my train of thought but he said there are no no, no, no roofs or whatever. I'm losing my train of thought. But he said, what he said was there are only plateaus, and you must not stay there. You know, you must continue. In other words, you must continue to push yourself no matter what. You know, so stay, stay, goal, stay goal-oriented to never be content. Right, uh, Michael, exactly. Okay, Michael yeah. Jackson, Oprah Winfrey, great examples of that. How about another one of your five steps to live in the life of your dreams? You have to learn to seize opportunity. Let me tell you, a few years ago, I, I had the opportunity to meet one of the most prominent businessmen in America. I had seen this gentleman on TV. I've seen him on the Internet or whatever. And I stood in that, in that, that hall where, where this business conference was, 
and, and watched him for 20 minutes and sat there debated with myself over whether or not I, I should go up and talk with him. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, you don't know if you'll ever see this man again. You'll never get the opportunity to probably see this man again and talk to him up close and personal like this. And then it snapped for me. You have to see this moment. And I immediately went over here and talked to him, told him what my ideas were, told him what I was doing, told him what I was trying to achieve. And it hit me afterwards. You always have to seize opportunities no matter what no matter what you know your fears are or whatever because you don't know if you'll ever get that that opportunity again so okay so seize the opportunity opportunity. Uh, seize the opportunity david got up got over a fear uh indecision he decided closed his eyes and he so to speak that's a phrase i'm thinking about he went forward and talked to the gentleman he sees the opportunity how about a third one of the five steps to live in the life well, of your no, dreams well, you, the next one is you have to be able to transform your tragedy into your triumph and that's just hmm. the way that i phrase it and okay. so many of us will have a difficulty in life you know you lose a job or something like that something tragic happens in your life and you usually have you know, one of three or four people, some people will just try and be high-minded and say, well, I try and rise above the situation, almost like they try to ignore it. You know, then some people just completely collapse inside of themselves. They spend all of their time crying, you know, and they can't get over it. But though there are a few select people in this world who take that energy Take whatever that hurt or that pain is and say, you know what, I'm going to do something good with this. And they use it as they use it as fuel. Well, so, you certainly did an example of that, David, going from the welfare state in California to successful motivator speaker, helping people achieve their goals. So we've talked about three of the five steps to live in the life of your dreams. We'll save the other two when you have a speech, but you get with the appetite of our audience. What about the four E's of excelling? David? Right, right. Now, the four E's of excelling are really, and it's almost, it's almost like an old, I don't know if you remember the old management practice of strategic planning. It's something that they teach in college and in management school, strategic planning. But it's almost similar to strategic planning. But number one on the four E's of excelling is that you have to be able to evaluate where you are. In other words, and what I tell people is usually just take an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, divide it down the middle, and then on the left side, write about 10 or 12 things that you've always wanted to accomplish on your, in your life. At mm-hmm. the top, on the left-hand side, write met. And on the top, on, on the right-hand side, write not met. And just go down and just put check marks in the met or not met. And what you should do is you should have, you know, the majority of those should be met. If they're not, the ones that are not met, ask yourself why. And the only justification you should have for the not met are that you were incapacitated or something like that. There is no justification, really, for not pursuing your own desires with your own life. You know, okay, so you right. evaluate the met and not met. What would be another E uh, of the excel for uh, either of excelling then, David? You, okay, after you evaluate where you are, you have to envision where you'd like to go what you would like to achieve and what that actually looks like. And what I tell people is this, and a lot of people, when they start envisioning what they'd like to do, they keep it two-dimensional. They'll look at a picture, they'll look on the Internet or something like that. For example, hey, I want to live in a certain area of town. I want to live in Beverly Hills. And then they go online and then they, you know, look at homes in Beverly Hills or something like that and say, wow, I wish I could afford that one day. I tell people to make their their dreams three-dimensional, actually go out to Beverly Hills. Be in that area. You know, if, you're, if your desire is to own a $350,000 Ferrari one day, don't just look in a magazine and let that be two-dimensional. Actually go 
to the Ferrari dealership, and they'll let you walk in and look around. Smell <laughs> when an actual Ferrari smells like. Look at it. Touch it. Make it three-dimensional in your mind because that will get that actual the, the, the reality of that Ferrari into your senses, the actual smell and what it's like up close, touching it and feeling it, even if you sit down in it. Just make, just make that, uh, that vision in your mind three-dimensional so you have to envision where you'd like to go. That is fantastic. That is so powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you picked up on that, the difference between two-dimensional versus three-dimensional. Go walk around the home in Beverly Hills or in Manhattan or Atlanta or Houston, wherever you want to live. Go visit the condo in Chicago or San Francisco. Go drive the Ferrari. Feel it, live it, believe it. And so David talked about evaluate, and he talked about envision. We're going to pick up on the other two uh, ease. He has a total of four E's of excelling. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're getting motivated and figuring out, feeling how you can have what you want in life because David is doing an excellent job of convincing me. I hope you too. We'll be right back. I'm Richard Levy with our dear friend, David Roussel, and you're listening to Wealthy Thoughts on the Empowerment Channel Voice America. We'll be right back with David. <music> on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment have you friended us on Facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America once you are part of our Facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings of the voice America talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Richard Levy with David Roussel. And David is an excellent motivational speaker. And David was just talking about the four E's of excelling. He talked about evaluating what goals you've met and not met. And then he talked about envisioning your goal, three-dimensional, 
if that doesn't make sense to you, ladies and gentlemen, he's saying in plain English, you want to live in St. Louis, New York, Paris, Munich, Shanghai, go visit that condominium, go, go walk to that house. You want a Ferrari, you want a, and a BMW or a Mercedes, go to the dealership, drive it, feel it. David, what are the final two E's of excelling, please? Well, the, the third one is you have to establish a time frame to make it happen. And what I mean by this one is give yourself a deadline to accomplish it. Not only a deadline, don't, the, the key to this is not a deadline that's easy, but not one that's extremely hard that will make it impossible for you to accomplish. For example, uh, if, 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 if where you'd like to go is have a four-year degree, and you've never been to college before, well, it's highly unlikely that you will achieve a four-year degree in a year and a half. But there are people who have, you know, who've achieved that in three years or three and a half years. So you have to establish a time frame to make it happen and make the time frame so that it puts a little bit of pressure on you so that you will so that you will stretch yourself a little bit and let your natural abilities come out. Unfortunately, a lot of times what happens is when we create goals for ourselves, we don't create them so that they will, so that they will force us to be excellent. We, force, we put them in place so that they can be easily achievable and they don't stress us out too much. So there's nothing wrong with a little bit of stress. Okay, so establish a time frame so it's not a dream, but it's actually a goal. And then what's the fourth E of excelling, please, David? Hang on, give me one second. We're talking about establishing a time frame, a deadline, and uh, envisioning and evaluating. So, ladies and gentlemen, you want to keep those uh, E's in mind to help you accomplish your goals. And, And then the very last one is execute your plan. Uh-huh. Execute your plan because you can have all of those things in place. You can evaluate where you are. You can envision where you'd like to go. You can establish a time frame to make it happen, but you really have to have a plan in place to make that happen. And that's the look again. That goes back to what I was saying. The great thing about the United States of America is that there are all kinds of processes and ways to make things happen. So, you know, you have to put a plan in place. And usually when I get to that, that's usually where people look and say, well, okay, how do I make this happen? I say, aha, this is where the hard work comes in. You have to put a plan in place, and then you have to execute your plan. Okay, execute a plan. So, once again, ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about dreaming. We're, it may start as a dream, but we're talking about accomplishing your goal. Put, be able to put on your list of met and not met in the met column, as David talked about a moment ago, the left side of the paper. Then you talk about, David, you're magnificent when you're multidimensional. And what does that mean to our audience, please? Well, it, it just means, it just goes back to that old idea of, of making sure that you're not one-dimensional because a lot of times, and I, and I use a lot of sports analogies when I do my research or when I speak, and one thing I've noticed about the best athletes, whether they be your Michael Jordans, your Kobe Bryants, your LeBron James, or whoever, is that they're great because they're multidimensional. For example, you take somebody like Michael Jordan, the greatest professional basketball player in the history of basketball, and one of the things that made Michael Jordan was so great was that he was undefendable because if somebody played too far off of him, he can make a jump shot. If somebody played too close to him, he could run around them and dunk or do a layup or whatever. Well, it's the same analogy in life. For me as a public speaker, if all I did was public speaking 
and that was not available, then I would be cut off. But guess what? I can go out and write books. You know, I can record DVDs and CDs. So I can be multidimensional, and that's what I mean. You're magnificent when you're multidimensional. Some people, they get tunnel vision, what they want to do, but they don't understand that they can expand that a little bit and be and just be awesome because they can do multiple things within the realm of what of what they do. You know, Michael Jordan is still a basketball player if he takes a jump shot or if he makes a layup or dunk. But there's just multiple ways for him to do that. So, you know, that's what I mean when I say you're magnificent when you're multidimensional. Well, that's very clear, ladies and gentlemen. Keep that in mind. That's a, a very, very important point of your on your road success. Be multidimensional and use Michael Jordan as one magnificent multi-dimensional example. And then finally, there are the three P's of success in being the best. Could you tell us about the three P's, please, David? Right, yeah. And and the three P's of success are very simple. And again, this, this is also in line with the five core mindsets. But the three P's of success, and again, I, I, I like to study and analyze and evaluate a lot of high achievers. And the first thing I do well, I see when I look at all of these people, most of the people that I admire, number one, they all found what, they, what their passion was. They absolutely found what their passion was, and they dedicated their entire life to it. You know, you can look at somebody who, like uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, who's an actor and a comedian, has been doing it since the 1980s, but he realized he wanted to be a comedian at 14 or 15 years old. There are stories on the Internet about him walking around with a briefcase at 15 years old with joke books in his, in his briefcase at 14 and 15 years old. So he found his passion. That's number one. That's your first P. You have okay, to find passion. your passion. You have to find what you absolutely love to do and what's in your heart to naturally do. Mm-hmm. Okay, the second P? The number two is, is you have to, once you find your passion, you do some research and find out who's doing that, whatever it is, whether you want to be a great writer or whatever, and not only who's doing it, but who are at the top of that endeavor. You know, if you want to be a great writer, a great fiction writer, then find out who the top five fiction writers are and find out how they approach their craft. You know, do they write for four or five hours a day and do they write a certain, find out what their method is and what, 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 what steps they took and they take daily to be the best at that particular passion. Okay. Uh, and then your third P for success and being the best. You have to go out there and pursue it. It's just that simple. There's no other way to say it, Richard. You know, I've, I've run across so many people who, oh, I mean, when they hear me speak, they tell me what they would like to do. They, you know, that I, I would like to do this. I would love to do this. And my first question is usually, why aren't you doing it? You know, you have total freedom. Why don't you just take the first step? That's all you have to do. Just take the first step. So you have to pursue it. That's all. Okay. Pursue your passion. Speaking of passion, David, how do you coach the young man, young woman, or the adult man or woman to find their passion? Right. Well, what, normally what I do is, is, is I tell them to just write out five things that they absolutely love. Five things that they would, you know, they think about all the time that they wake up thinking about, they go to bed thinking about, that they can't think about enough during the day. That's number one. So, you know, there are some things that just get in our hearts that we just absolutely love to do. We do it for free. We do it if nobody paid us. We do it if nobody asked us. I mean, the truth of the matter is I've been running my mouth since I was a little kid. You know, I've always <laughs> had the gift to gab and to formulate an idea and to talk. That's one thing I can do well. So 
So, I mean, I absolutely love speaking. It's just one of the gifts that I have. So, It shows that you have a great gift for speaking, and I can't wait personally to listen to one of your talks. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, you'll write down four or five things that you love to do and that you would do if you would you do for free. I love that, and that would help somebody figure out their passion if they've not found it already. I love this question that you posed, I guess, at your seminars, your talks, and I'd like you to explain this. David will ask, pose this rhetorically, are you the smartest person you know? And then David says, if you answered yes, this could be the reason you haven't achieved your dreams. Please explain that, David. Right. Well, one of those five core mindsets that I talk about and uh, five steps to living a life of your dreams is you have to find people who are smarter than you and do what they do. And that goes to what I was talking about, Richard, when I was a kid, when I was a poor kid, and I was looking around my community and seeing those people who had achieved great success and were successful in their life. And all I did was say, okay, what are they doing? You know, hey, your father's a judge, you know, or your mom's a principal. What is it they're doing? So what I was really doing was practicing this in my own life as a kid was finding people who were smarter than me and emulate, you know, find people who are smarter than you and emulate what they do. And all I did was look at what they did to have a successful life and just took those same steps. They pursued degrees and worked hard. I pursued degrees and worked hard. You know, they stretched beyond their, their immediate circumstances. I stretched beyond my immediate circumstances. So all of this is is just... You have to get to the point to where if you want to achieve, you have to, go, you have to be around people who are more successful, who are where you want to be, or who are going where you'd like to be. If, if the people that you spend the majority of your time with are less successful than you, then you will never achieve your goal because those people won't sort of compel you to stretch beyond where you are now. You know, when you're around people that are more successful than you, number one, you're going to get access to more information, you're going to learn more things, and you're going to have a desire, if you're energetic, to achieve just as much as they do. You know, you'll ask more questions, and you'll just have this desire just to say, wow, you know, this person's doing that. Why can't I do it? I'm smart, and I'm intelligent, and energetic. So, you know, you have to be around people who are, who are, who are doing more than you and who are smarter than you. And I always say, if you're the smartest person in the group that you hang out with, you've got a serious problem. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You don't want to be the dummy either, and that's not what I mean. But you want to be around people who've achieved more and seen more than you, and that will compel you to achieve more. That is fantastic. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about two very successful people among many who have influenced David, and David's going to take comments, the lifestyle of the outstanding successful actor, Will Smith, and then we're going to talk once again about Michael Jordan. But I hope you feel what I am, ladies and gentlemen, that David wants to be the lightning rod to get people to go for their passion. Go for it. Nothing to lose. In fact, David, you said nurture your passion and make a living. Is that, is that from you? No, that doesn't sound familiar. No, no. Um, it, it, maybe you're paraphrasing something I said. Or? That could be. In terms of when you talk to your audiences and you encourage them to follow their passion and they are committed to success, prosperity and success will be attracted to them naturally. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes, I definitely agree with that, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, when we come back, 
we're going to talk about Will Smith. And David said he heard Will Smith say, and I'm quoting, there's a redemptive power that making a choice has rather than feeling like you're at the effect of what happens to you. In other words, be proactive, ladies and gentlemen, and do not sit back like you're a passenger. You're in the driver's seat. And then David said to me, wow, what a perfect way to articulate that idea. And it's a philosophy that David has known and lived by. When we come back in just a moment, we're going to talk about Will Smith and how this influenced David Roussel and how David will pass this on to you and what you can use, how you can use this saying to motivate you. We'll be right back. I'm Richard Levy with David Roussel and you're listening to Wealthy Thoughts. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at VoiceAmericaTRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN or follow along with us at VoiceAmericaTRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Richard Levy, and you're listening to Wealthy Thoughts, and we're talking to motivational speaker and expert goal achiever, and speaker, David Roussel. David was about to tell us why Will Smith is so influential. And Will Smith, the, the actor, it was quoted as saying, there's a redemptive power that making a choice has, rather than feeling like you're at the effect of what happens to you. What does that mean to you, David? 
Well, when you you really, and if you look at society right now, and in America in particular, you know, the economy's been bad for, for a few years now. People are extremely frustrated, and people just sort of look and say, and some people now, I won't say everyone, but some people just look and sort of say, I wish, you know, something different would happen. If I could just get a, a raise or if I could get a promotion or, if you know, if the economy was better or something like that, then then things would be better for me. So that's sort of the mindset of saying, hey, I'm at, I'm at the mercy of, of what's going on around me. But there's a different way to look at it. And, and, and Will Smith said in an interview with Tavis Smiley, he said there's a, a redemptive power that making a choice has as opposed to feeling like you're at the effect and I'm paraphrasing here, or mercy of what happens to you. And what he was essentially saying was, in the midst of difficulty, you have a choice. You know, you can you can choose to go a certain kind of way. Now, understand, this requires out-of-the-box thinking. And let me just I'll give you an example of how I use this, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. About a year, a year and a half ago, I had to travel on business. I, had, I was traveling to Washington, D.C. on business. And I thought that I had left more than, you know, with enough time to run a couple of errands in the morning and then make it to the airport on time and lo and behold I get on I-20 which is the interstate here in the Atlanta area and there was a tractor trailer that had overturned so here I was I had left like two and a half almost three hours early thinking hey I've got way you know more than enough time and I get there and all of a sudden it was about an hour and a half or something like that before I was due to be at the airport and sign in so I'm sitting there in traffic four lanes of traffic I'm on the far left and the traffic is just inching along. I mean, it's just literally inching along. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I could, I could doggone end up missing my flight because, you know, they're not, they're not getting this clear up. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm sure the emergency workers were, they were up there doing their job. You know, they were trying to clear this mess. It's not like they were sitting around twiddling their thumbs, you know, with this overturned tractor trailer on the highway. So it wasn't about them. It was about me looking at my individual situation and circumstance saying, you know what, I have to take action. And what I did was interesting. I just slowly but surely start making my, my, my way over one lane at a time all the way over to the far right. And I actually what I did was I got, I got in the emergency lane and just put my hazard, my, my hazard lights on, and I drove close to a mile in, in, on the emergency lane and got off at the next edge and just took a neck, another route. And I remember looking back and saying, why are people, you know, why are they stuck in that mess? You know, make it mm-hmm. just, you know, even if you have to think out the box a little bit, but I freed myself from that little bit of mess, went on, got to the airports, got on my flight, and, and just got on about my business. So that's essentially what he was saying was there's a redemptive power that making a choice has, has as opposed to feeling like you're uh, at the effect of what happens around you. Sometimes it may take thinking outside the box, but you know, you don't have to sit there and think, you know, if the situation would change, then I would be all right. Sometimes you just have to take drastic measures to change the situation for you. So, So, ladies and gentlemen, use that example that David had on the highway as a metaphor for your life. Instead of complaining, moaning, and groaning, becoming judgmental, opinionated, take action. Focus on your goal instead of going to the pity party. Whoa, me. David did that. He made his flight. You, You may let that be a metaphor for you and for your life. Could you tell us what? The what impressed you in just a few words about Michael Jordan's book, Driven from Within? Well, one of the, well, there were a number of things that impressed me about it, but one, he's got a particular chapter in that book, Driven from Within, called Authentic. And the idea behind it was that you have to, no matter what, 
no matter how harsh it may be, no matter how hard the circumstances may be, you have to be true to your own desires, your own goals, and who you are as a person. Even though sometimes it may seem like it would be easier to, you know, sell your soul a little bit and take an easier path or whatever, but essentially you can do that and you can achieve, but at the end of the day you have to live with yourself. So his chapter called Authentic, you know, he... He wanted to live his life a certain kind of way. There were people telling him he should go to a smaller school. You know, nobody believed that uh, nobody from his town could go to the University of North Carolina and start as a basketball player. People were telling him, you know, he was going to go there for a year or two, and he was going to ride the bench, and he wasn't going to play, and he wasn't going right. to get any time. And he essentially said, this is what I want. This is what I believe. I believe in my abilities, and this is who I am, and I'm going for it, fail or not. So, I, you know, I, I, I live by that. You know, you have to be true to tell. who you are. I, you are true to yourself, David. I feel that. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, two points there. Read the biography of Michael Jordan, Driven from Within, and follow David's example that he reads uh, biographies, autobiographies of successful, prosperous people. Copy these people, take the best from their story, and adapt them to your life. The successful actor, Will Smith, that he talked about before the break, and professional basketball player, Michael Jordan, that we just talked about, found their passion and became good at it. They worked hard to reach success. They found something they loved, their passion, and dedicated their life to it. And this brings us back to how we started the show with David today. Love what you do, ladies and gentlemen, but more importantly, do what you love. Nothing in life is more important than pursuing and living your dream. Having a dream is the essence of living, and it is only when you're chasing your dream that you're truly living. David, I know I personally would love to hear your speak. I am motivated. I am excited. And I believe our audience is also. You're an fascinating man with an inspiring message. How can our listeners find you, read about you, and book you to speak to their organization or group? Well, the first thing you can do is go to my website at www.davidroussel.com. That's D-A-V-I-D. R-O-U-S-S-E-L-L, it's like Russell with an O, R-O-U-S-S-E-L-L dot com. Um, you can also find me on, on Twitter at, at David Roussel. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N, at David Roussel. Um, you can find me on YouTube at DRoussel67. And you can track me down at a number of those places. But if you'd like to email me, uh, email me at liveyourdreams at davidrussell.com. All one word, liveyourdreams at davidrussell.com. And I'll be more than happy to answer emails, to answer any questions you may have or anything like that. And just as well, ladies and gentlemen, on that website, David would be happy to answer your questions about his fantastic DVD, Five Steps to Live in the Life of Your Dreams. I'm going to say it again. Five Steps to Live in the Life of Your Dreams. The DVD, it's 19.99. You want to get that and make that part of your success thinking and library. David, on behalf of all of our Wealthy Thoughts listeners, thank you so much for sharing with us your passion to motivate people of all ages, all colors, all races, all nationalities to find their passion, follow their passion, act 
on their passion. And as a token of thanks, I'm going to, with pleasure, send you a copy of my book, Thoughts Make You Wealthy. Please email me today with your home address, and I'll get that in the mail to you. And we thank you for motivating so many people, David, to find and follow their passion. I send you thoughts of more success, abundance, and prosperity, David. Well, thank you, Richard, and it has been a pleasure, my friend. You're very welcome. We embrace you and hug you, David. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Remember, you can hear, hear a replay of this broadcast or any past broadcast for free at ThoughtsMakeYouWealthy.com and click in Radio Show. Please join our Success Prosperity Conversation on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Thoughts Make You Wealthy. You can follow us on Twitter at Wealthy Thinking, and you can subscribe to our free daily prosperity message. Go to our website, ThoughtsMakeYouWealthy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever you focus on, think about, and talk about is what you track. Why not put success at the center of your attention? We'll see you again next Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 noon Pacific for our next program on Wealthy Thoughts. Remember, dear friends, to love, cherish, appreciate, and admire that most wonderful person you look at every day in a mirror. That is you. Be grateful, see your affirmations, and look over and visualize your goals regularly. This is Richard Levy in Chicago wishing you a most prosperous week. So long for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for inviting positive success into your life this week on Wealthy Thoughts. Please join host Richard Levy again next Monday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And this week, think of something positive you can do to bring success to yourself and others. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.